listening to the Viking BT Podcast. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome back to another episode. This is episode 11 on the Viking PT podcast. Now, today is a very special episode. I'm joined today by someone who I, uh, just to give you a little bit of context, I used to train back in Pure Gym for a few years. Her name is Hannah well, now Durham, not Gilroy, her, Hannah Durham. And uh, she's joined me. She's in the UK. I'm in Australia right now. Um, Hannah, if you just want to say hello. Hello. <laughs> this is crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Sorry. I, I have just spilt water everywhere because I just took a <laughs> sip of water as soon as you said hello. And it just, for some reason, made me laugh so much. It's like innuendo bingo. We are off to a great start here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, today we're going to discuss um, what it's like to be a, a parent or a first-time parent and still be able to keep fit and still be able to go to the gym. And uh, yeah, so Hannah's here to sort of give her side because she's obviously a, a new parent. And uh, mm -hmm. it's not going to be like uh, your typical podcast today. There's not going to be sort of any news or any stuff like that. So we're just going to dive straight on into this. So welcome, Hannah, to the Viking PT podcast. Hope you feel right at home. Um, so just, just to kick things off, can you sort of like... Give the listeners a little sort of background story about yourself. Like, obviously, you've got a, a newborn baby now. What's that like? Um, yeah, it's crazy. So Archer was born in December. So he was seven months old yesterday, which is crazy. It's totally flown by. Wow. Um, previous to having him, I'd always sort of struggled with my weight. Um, I suffer with PCOS. So that comes with obviously a lot of side effects. Um, my weight had always sort of gone up and down. But the one thing that had remained consistent, although my diet and my weight had never really been consistent, me going to the gym had always been consistent. It's something that I've really enjoyed. Um, and I was adamant that I was going to keep going to the gym as much as possible during pregnancy as well. Um, so although a lot of my exercises changed and I was doing a lot of body weight stuff, I was still going to the gym, um, which was great for me. And it led to a really healthy pregnancy. Actually, I had no problems whatsoever well, throughout always, the entire pregnancy. Always good to hear. Yeah, there's a lot. I've got a lot of sort of uh, questions that I'd like to sort of dive into as we, you know, okay. talk more about. And, uh, you know, because the main thing today is that um, I have a lot of listeners who are sort of first time parents and that are obviously still wanting to keep fit. And uh, I just want to sort of give them, I hope we can give them a kind of, uh, how do I say this? I want to sort of shed light on and, and give advice to people so that they feel uplifted and motivated and uh, just prove that it's not like the end of the world. It's not the end of your fitness journey. Yeah. It's, it's just something you have to go through and uh, I'd like to sort of dive into sort of how you kind of uh, got into your journey, if that makes sense, and what sort of things did you come across and things like that. So my first question is, uh, during your pregnancy, 
were you still going to the gym and exercising yeah definitely um so I have quite a physical job anyway I work in a nursery um and it's a lot of walking a lot of lifting so my job keeps me fairly active as it is um I then did also find the time to go to the gym after work my workouts were obviously different like you're tired you're bloated you're heavier it seems harder to catch your breath because all of your organs are all squished so my workouts were different, but I definitely made sure that I still found the time to go to the gym and do the exercises that were um, promoted to me from the doctor as well. I had a lot of conversations with doctors yeah. and midwives about what kind of things I could be doing. So I wanted to make sure that it was safe, but I was definitely adamant that I was still going to go to the gym and do what I could. That's awesome. And sort of like, were you, so you were working full time? Yeah, yeah, I worked full-time. I worked right up until I was 38 weeks. I think I stopped work just two weeks before Archer oh, was born. That's incredible, so, isn't yeah, it? Because quite late in. a lot of people, I've, I've heard stories, a lot of people, uh, a lot of women have sort of just thought, you know what, I'm pregnant now. I don't need to, I, not necessarily I don't need to work out, but I shouldn't. And that's sort of like been this whole thing where they feel that they... They shouldn't be training or working out if they are pregnant. And uh, they are very, from what I've heard, they can be very, they just give up quite easily compared to if they weren't pregnant. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think a lot of the time that might be fear. Um, mm. A lot of women are frightened that they're going to do harm to either themselves or the baby. And there's always that big thing about like pregnant women shouldn't even like lift up their own dinner let alone really? go to the gym and do some squats you know there's there's a lot of that about in the media and what have you but for me as long as I felt well and I know where my body's limits are because I've been training for so long so I know what's a comfortable heart rate for me yeah and what isn't so it's just about making sure that I was monitoring that and being in touch with the doctors and the midwives and saying, look, this is where I'm at, this is what I'm doing, and getting the all clear from them. And, you know, again, talking to PTs, you know, yeah. like yourself and saying, you know, these are the kind of exercises that I've been given the all clear that I can do. Um, what do you think in terms of reps and stuff? And, and yeah, it was just about making sure that I had the right advice and following that advice. But I felt perfectly safe to go and do that. And I knew that, the fitter I was, the easier it would be to recover. So yeah. that was a big thing for me. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like if you, I guess if you don't exercise at all and during your pregnancy you just obviously become, not lazier, what's the word I want to use? Like you just become, you're just, your fitness will obviously go a little bit downhill if you're not on top of it. But it's knowing that fine line of what's too extreme for your body and... Do you know what I mean? It's like you want yeah. to, like you said, you want to stay safe. And uh, it's like you're trying to make sure that when you do, when you have your baby, that when you do pick up fitness again, it's not like you're, you've gone like 10 steps backwards. Do you know what I mean? You want to make sure that you can still yeah. stay on top of your game and not have to do so much work to go back to where you were. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's just about... Um, knowing your body and you know making sure that you are being sensible but 
it's also important to make sure that you keep up that fitness because especially in the early days of pregnancy if you think you're only going to get bigger and you're only going to get heavier and things are only going to get harder Mm. and if you let your fitness slip suddenly walking around the shops becomes nearly impossible because it's so difficult so keeping on top of that fitness was a big thing for me and making sure that I could maintain a, a social lifestyle that that I wanted I still wanted to be able to go out with my friends and walk around shops and things and if I didn't train for that then I'd lose it yeah and it kind of links back to the things I've always said it's like um your body is very clever at sort of getting used to certain things it's like during your pregnancy or like let's just take pregnancy out of the equation for a second if you just all of a sudden stopped exercising and just became like a couch potato day in day out your body is so clever and gets used to that lifestyle that let's say you had that lifestyle for nine months or a year after that and you start training again it's going to be so hard because it's your body's not used to that and so everything's going to be ridiculously hard again your body's going to get extremely sore everything's going to be a huge shock so if you obviously just did it what you could during the pregnancy when you do have the baby like i said you can just almost fall back into where you left off almost you know so yeah definitely the body is very very um clever in in my opinion i've always believed in that um some of the other things i wanted to touch on is uh you know asking certain things like um did you have any was there any like uh stressful times when you were pregnant so in terms the of first sorry i should sort of say of if you in like in terms of like finding time fitness or fitness stuff. time yeah or going to the gym being uncomfortable during the you know training and stuff okay so the first 12 weeks were, were are a really scary time in any pregnancy and i think that is when i was most cautious about going to the gym and perhaps when my fitness dipped the most just through the fear of like miscarriage and things like that that mm. are at such um such greater risk in those first 12 weeks so that was a really stressful time and and my outlet for stress is going to the gym so to be stressed about not being able to go to the gym I really struggled with that mentally that was a really difficult 12 weeks um for my mental health if we're being honest um and I mean as I had a really nice bit between probably 12 and 24 weeks where you feel comfortable that the pregnancy is going well, but you're not so big that, you know, you're uncomfortable and you have that nice bit. We have the scan and we found out it was a boy and it was a really happy time and I still was able to go and do things. That was really nice. Past that point, things were getting really difficult and I really struggled with my hips um I had to go to physiotherapy because um my hips were struggling so much it's just a hormonal thing that in some women um the muscles and that around the hips just give out a little bit more and they become really loose and can be really uncomfortable wow um so I really struggled with that but I was doing a lot of physio um and just as as the pregnancy progressed and I got bigger and bigger and bigger obviously I got more and more uncomfortable and it would have been easier to be demotivated from going to the gym it is hard enough to think about getting in the shower after a gym like the thought of doing that was tiring let alone going but all I did in those last weeks was go and step on a treadmill I knew that if I went out for a walk I could walk somewhere and then get stuck 
Right. And I didn't want that. Yeah. So I knew that if I went to the gym and walked on a treadmill, like it's not particularly great exercise. Like it's not high intensity or anything like that, but it was still exercise. And I knew that I was in the gym and I was safe. I was, like, I was going to be able to get home. Yeah. And if I went into labor, there were people around, of not course. like me being out in the middle of the field or something. Yeah. So, oh, wow, that's crazy. There's like, there's so much, I think that goes into the whole the whole pregnancy thing having this sort of like you say having a, a fear almost of having a miscarriage or doing something wrong or you know having some sort of accident and then there's of course the being demotivated as well you've got to be in my opinion i think you you kind of have to have this sort of strong uh inner self you need to have some strength within you mentally to be able to go through and do all those things. And like I said at the beginning, a lot of people are, are more willing to just not do anything at all. So if anybody is out there who is thinking of, you know, uh, training and exercising during pregnancy, I absolutely hold my hat off to you because it's quite a, a huge thing to do, isn't it, mentally? Let's just put the physical thing to the side. I know you said there was a lot of things you were thinking and you experienced with like your hips and stuff. But also mentally on its own, it's quite, it's a huge thing to do. And so, you know, I, I am, I implore, I implore, <laughs> I applaud you for, for doing everything that you did. It's, uh, you have to be a strong individual to do all those things. Um, Thank you. I think for me as well, what carried me through was I didn't want to lose my fitness, particularly after we found out we were having a little boy. Um, I suddenly my head was filled with images of playing football with him and running around parks and everything yeah. and I knew that if I stopped going to the gym while I was pregnant there was a danger that I wouldn't go back after he was born it's really hard to get the ball rolling it's easier to keep a ball rolling than it is to start it rolling yes so I knew that if I just kept going to the gym it would be easier for me to carry on working out and I would be able to be fit enough to play with my son and that was what I that was what I pictured in my head when it was really hard when I really didn't want to go to the gym when I was feeling really bloated and just not in the mood and hormonal and shouty and cryy and wanted a cookie <laughs> I just you're just trying to like picture it in your head and that just made it easier for me yeah so that's some really powerful personal motivation for you and that's like very yeah. unique and customized for you that motivation I think that is key with this whole thing and uh being being driven and being motivated whilst you're pregnant and to keep exercising is to have like almost like that is pretty much a goal isn't it to be able to yeah to be able to you know exercise and run around and you know you see it on um what's that show uh the biggest loser their sort of yeah. a lot of their sort of um stories is that they are getting to the point when they can't chase after their children at a play park. They have to sit down on a bench. And having that yeah. thought, I guess, is pretty powerful. And like you say, it's led you to keep motivated and keep going, even at the toughest times. And so if that, you know anybody out there listening, you have to find what is what motivates you, what had used that as uh, ammunition and use that to fuel you and fuel your workouts i think like just like you did <sighs> okay so <laughs> i 
I do have a, a bunch of questions, but I don't want them to sound like completely like random. And of course, if there's anything that you feel is, you know, you don't want to talk about, please just say, and we'll just, we'll just move on. Um, so, okay. Talk to me about the type of workout or type of exercises you were doing at the gym. Cause I know that, um, from a personal trainer's point of view, you do have to be certified not, I don't know if there's any legality about it, but you do have to be certified in what's called pre and postnatal uh, exercise and uh, something I've always been completely interested in. And uh, it's something that I've always, you know, when you're, when you're at a gym and you do see a personal trainer with training someone who is obviously pregnant and you see, from my point of view, who's looked up all the exercises you can and can't do, when you see them, the personal trainer giving other people exercises that you know is like oh i wouldn't i wouldn't be yeah. like laying on your front i wouldn't be like doing yeah. crunches and stuff like that so what sort of uh, exercises were you sort of given to do or what sort of things did you find yourself doing the most and what did you sort of you know tell me about your experience with with certain exercises so ab exercises a lot of the they were the first ones to go yeah like you you just you just can't um anything that involves you like you said laying on your front or laying on your back is not great Mm -hmm. either um so it left us with a lot of body weight exercises body weight squats Mm -hmm. were absolutely fine and a really good way to strengthen my legs as you know I was getting heavier walking incline walks I didn't have enough breath to run and they tell you that you know you you don't have to it's you you can skip straight over that which is great news for me because I've always hated it (laughs) um bike rides they're fine but spin bikes not so much no 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 this no the seats aren't great and the resistance isn't great you want something that's going to be more comfortable um because you've got if you think about a pregnant woman sat, there's just more pressure yes. in that area. Yeah. And the spin bike seats are so small and uncomfortable that yeah. it was just a no-go. Um, I just think spin bikes and in I general, imagine they're, a, they're just so uncomfortable, even if you're not pregnant. They are uncomfortable. <laughs> they are uncomfortable. I'm always like waiting for the hill climb. Like, come on, I yeah. need to get off out of this seat. Wow. So, yeah, I, I think that it was, it, I think honestly that it would be different for different people. Before I was given the type of exercises that I could do, the midwife asked me a lot of questions about the kind of exercises that I have been doing. It was very much a keep doing what you have been doing, but on a lower level. So rather than squatting with a bar, you need to come down to those body weight squats. She encouraged me not to take up any new sports. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Oh, bless you. <laughs> sorry (laughs) or any sports where I might be in danger of being hit with a ball or falling over those kinds of things she she told me not to do yeah yeah, it was very much what have you been doing okay let's take out these exercises that involve your stomach muscles too much or that involve you laying (laughs) on your back bless you I'm not (laughs) allergic to talking to you I promise (laughs) I think you might be um (laughs) And yeah, just just bringing everything down to to body weight basically, but yeah. like box press ups and stuff, they were all fine. Yeah. So, but I did, like I said, I did a lot of walking, particularly towards the the later bit of pregnancy. Yeah. So, I think it's very very wise to sort of triple check with a professional in the field, like to to know exactly what to stay clear of. 
and what to what to do you know because there are a lot of uh, exercises that you really really shouldn't do so if you are unsure if you are pregnant or think about getting pregnant and you want to sort of get a plan sort of uh, some sort of uh, workout plan to do please do double check everything and consult a professional like you consulted your, with your doctors and if you can if you do um, exercise in a gym do try and seek someone out who is trained in pre and postnatal it is really yeah. really important obviously i've i've unfortunately heard a lot of like horror stories before and it's just not nice to go through i imagine and yeah you'll you'll know how important that is all right i think as well it's important to say that you should trust your body like your body will tell you when what you're doing does isn't right yeah. if you feel lightheaded or your palms are going sweaty or you feel like you can't catch your breath that's your body's way of telling you that what you're doing is not helpful yeah. for you or your baby so really be in tune with that yeah a hundred a hundred percent there a hundred percent all right um okay moving along from the certain exercises um what has been let's let's fast forward a little bit and uh, what has been the most uh, happiest time in with having a, a, a child for the very, very first time? Like, take fitness aside for a sec. What, in your experiences, what's been the happiest things? Oh, my God. I can't even think. When he smiled or laughed for the first time, that was incredible. Um, any milestone, so... He's learned to sit. He looks like he's just on the verge of crawling. He's got a tooth. Like, just every little thing that happens makes you want to cry. I can't explain it. I really can't explain it. And the thing is, I've worked in childcare for so long as well. So I thought I had a fairly decent grasp on bonds between parents and children and them developing. I thought I was in the know. And then all of a sudden you get your own and it's a completely different story. I think the whole thing has been incredibly happy seeing his father with him so watching my husband fall in love with my son is probably yeah the biggest highlight of my entire life and watching them play and you know my husband making him laugh and the look on his face and he can do that like it's just the whole time yeah is a really happy time but it's a really busy and worrying time at the same time because obviously <laughs> yeah. you worry about them literally constantly yeah well but i was watching there are more happy times yeah i was watching something the other day i can't remember what it was and uh oh i think it was um 90 day fiance have you seen this i've seen that on tlc i've yeah. seen the tail end of a couple yeah so uh, there was this um obviously there's this couple and they have their they have um a child of their own one, the guy I think is from another country and the, the, the woman's from, oh no, the other way around. The guy's American, the woman's from like a, a, another country. And um, she was just really, really overprotective, really worried about him, the way he was holding her. And um, oh, what else? He, she wouldn't let anybody hold her. Like even the, um, the, mm. the parents' parents. Like she, she was just ridiculously overprotective. Have you? Did you experience any sort of things where you would just thought, 
like this is my child like this has been inside me for nine months and this is mine and no one's allowed near him <laughs> have you experienced anything like that like I really struggled because Archer was born on December 21st. Um, we had to stay in hospital for a few days because he had a heart murmur that's actually turned out to be a small hole in his heart. So he was taken down to neonatal for tests and Whoa. everything. They wanted to keep him in for a couple of days so that they could monitor him. Everything's fine. He still has a hole in his heart and we still we still go for checkups and everything. But to look at him, you you wouldn't know. Yeah. I forget, to be honest with you. And they say there's a good chance that it will just close up itself. So we're hoping that's how that's going to go. But because by the time I got home, there was a house full of family members for Christmas Day. And all of a sudden, obviously, everybody wanted to hold him. And I didn't feel like I got the time to bond with him properly at home in those first few days. It felt like everybody wanted to cuddle when he was nice and sleepy and then he would cry and get passed back to me. So it felt like for the first three days, all I saw was a crying baby. Wow. And I found that really difficult to really form that nice bond with him in those first few weeks Yeah. because I never got any of the nice stuff. So consequently, when everybody left, for Christmas, I was like, right, that's it. No visitors. I don't want any visitors for the next three days. Just Sam and I are going to spend some time with our son. And I was turning people away, like messaging them, like, please don't come over. Like, I really feel like I need this time. And and that was sort of, it felt selfish at the time, but also no, I, I, I needed I that. And I feel like I feel like Archer needed that as well. It's important for your child to bond with you. From that point on, I've been very relaxed. Yeah. A lot of people babysit him. Um, you need to rely on your friends and family. Yeah. To, and I'm sure... To take at, some of the weight, you know, really. I'm sure at that point, every everybody you ask is going to be over, like, you know, of course, I'll, of course I'll take him, you know, of course, because obviously they'll be familiar with what you've been through in with your pregnancy and then yeah they everybody should be very understanding with a mother needing to sort of like have time to just be like <gasps> do you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely it was it was a really difficult time and and he was um a cesarean birth as well the labor did not go to plan at all it was a very difficult labor which also meant that as soon as he was born i, I couldn't hold him I was, after he was born for was a long gonna, time. Yeah, I was going to say that because um, you, with a cesarean, sometimes you can be put to sleep and sometimes you are uh, you can be awake, can't you? Or have I got that completely wrong? I don't wrong? think they like to send you to sleep. I think they will send you to sleep if it's a proper emergency because the um, epidural that they give you that makes you numb from the waist down can take a little while to kick in. If they feel like they don't have that time and they need to get the baby out and it's time critical, yeah. they can just knock you out. But they, they don't tend to unless it's a proper emergency. Wow. And so, obviously, yeah, you were put to sleep. And then what was that like, that first sort of initial, like, here's your baby? So I I wasn't actually put to sleep, but I couldn't hold him because the epidural had had such an effect on my body that I was shaking. I couldn't speak because my jaw was moving so much. Um, I'd already done a good 14 hours in induced 
labour. Um, I was throwing up constantly, hadn't eaten for about two days, couldn't think, couldn't get any words out, was just shaking. And I remember that he was born and I heard him cry and my husband started to cry and I didn't have any emotional response really? whatsoever. I was so... I was so disorientated, so tired. My body was so exhausted that all I could think was that I was relieved it was over and I was relieved that he was safe. And then Sam was holding him next to me and I looked at him and I remember I just felt a bit numb and I felt awful because you're supposed to have this overwhelming sense of love. Mm. And it didn't kick in for me straight away because I think the labour had been so traumatic. Wow. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. Wow. Yeah, it's very, it's very difficult. And it's a lot of things that I don't think that women would share. I, think I, f- I felt quite embarrassed to start with that that was my response to my son being born. No, I don't. But yeah, I understand. I also think that it, it was perfectly natural. And I, I love him to bits now. Don't get me <laughs> wrong. I absolutely adore him. But in those first like minutes and hours... It was just really, really difficult. It was a really difficult birth. Yeah. Well, that sounds like really sort of like heavy. And I'm, you know, thank you for sharing. sharing. That's okay. That's, Sorry. It just sounds like I feel a bit out of breath just listening to that. Because um, I could just imagine that would be for both you and Sam just to be quite, like you say, an emotional time and a very sort of like, like time just stops almost, I think with situations like that do you know what i mean it's like a very big like milestone in your life and that's it's just so important (gasps) wow all right (laughs) just give me a second (laughs) back to the fitness thing okay so you were training you were training for your your pregnancy you know doing all kinds of exercises and things like that um have you noticed any physical changes after having Archer, like, do you feel weaker than before you were pregnant, or do you feel like you could, you were using the same sort of weights and, and things like that? I definitely lost fitness while I was pregnant. Even though I was going to the gym, mm. there was definitely a noticeable drop, and I am still now seven months postpartum working back up to the. PBs that I had before I was pregnant. So, for example, I was squatting about 70k. As of earlier this week, I've just made it back up to 65. It's taken a long time to to get that level back up to where it was. Yeah, even that's actually um, really th- good. Like 65k or 70k yeah. to squat <laughs> on your back is still amazing. All things considered. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it would have been a whole lot worse had I not have gone to the gym while I'd been pregnant because I think that I would have lost a lot of mental time. Yeah. So So, it probably would be difficult, more difficult, if you had just just cancelled your gym membership and just stayed at home. I reckon it would be like not starting from square one again, but I think things would be a lot different had you not gone to the gym or just not exercised in general. You know, I can't honestly say that I would be back at the gym now had I not have gone while I was pregnant because I I think I'd have mentally just clocked out 
yeah. of exercise. And it's, like I said, it's so difficult to get that ball rolling again. Yeah, that's actually very so I true. I, I don't even know that I would be exercising now had I not have kept going. Yeah, because it's like um, a recurring uh, theme that I get because when I have these conversations with um, these women that have just not just given birth but um like a pro- probably in the same situation you are the amount of time and it's like i don't want to sound harsh and it's not like i'm hearing excuses it's just like a lot of women are like oh i can't do this because i've got this and or you know and these are people with partners as well so the other thing i wanted to touch on is sort of like what is the sort of balance at home with like um sam your partner and you know do you feel Mm -hmm. that you get enough sort of not romantic time but you know enough sort of alone time with sam do you have enough time with to balance with the gym and just as a family in general there's a lot of sort of things there there's a lot of aspects that you you kind of have to keep balance you can't be all or nothing with your child you can't be all or nothing with your gym you can't be all or nothing with you know your your partner so what sort of things did you do you come across any does, was there any sort of like um difficult situations with with you know finding time to see each other and spend time with each other and go to the gym as well did you talk yeah okay uh, go on that's a lot of questions sorry yeah um, I know, I know there's a lot there but that's I mean, okay that's okay um so i think any new mum or any mum in general will probably tell you that you end up putting yourself at the bottom of the pile I I sort of forgot that I needed things as well in those early days so I had this baby who needed feeding who needed changing and then he would go to sleep and I'd think right okay I need to sterilize bottles I need to wash clothes and then I would think right okay well Sam does he have a shirt to wear to work tomorrow has he got a packed lunch and then it would be the end of the day and Sam would come home and say oh what did you have for lunch and I'd go Uh, I didn't yeah I just didn't because I forgot that actually I needed things as well and that's something that I I'm still struggling with now I feel like there are you know so many things to do and just physically not enough hours in the day but it's really important to remember that I am more than just mum I am also me with with needs and wants and, and Sam and I are more than just parents we are we're newlyweds. Yeah. We only got married six weeks ago. So we should still be out, you know, enjoying ourselves. Yeah, totally. And that's why it's really important for us to have babysitters and such a strong support system. And we we do go out still a lot. Yeah. Which, and we're really we're really fortunate. It's not an option for everybody. But I would say that if you can make a date night once a fortnight I think once a month is is that they're too far apart but once a fortnight if you just go and get dinner being able to actually eat a meal from start to finish without somebody else needing something from you yeah is is just amazing the amount of meals that I somehow managed to eat one-handed whilst breastfeeding a baby (laughs) is incredible so to actually go to a restaurant and sit down and have a meal in your own time is the biggest luxury. And it, it sounds so simple to everybody else, but it's not. And that conversation with Sam is really important as well. It's really important that he comes home 
and I don't just go, oh my God, you won't believe what I've done today. Look look what Archie's done. I've had the worst day ever. It's really important that he comes home and I go, how was your day? Because he's had a day at work as well. And you have to treat each other as individuals. So in terms of lifestyle, I think that is what I would say on that. In terms of fitness, again, I would say that we're probably luckier than most in that Archer is a good sleeper overnight. He's not in the day. I lose entire days. I can't do anything in the day. But overnight, he sleeps, which means that I can get up before him and before Sam needs to leave for work and go for an early morning workout. So I have to be back home by 7am for Sam to leave for work, which means I have to get up at about quarter past five to go to the gym. Wow. But but I do, yeah. because that's the only opportunity I'm going to get to do that. And actually having an hour to yourself where you haven't got somebody hanging off of you who needs something from you constantly... A bit of your own personal space is actually just a complete dream. Yeah. So I think it, it's just about talking to your partner, because obviously Sam has to then get Archie up. He's having to try and give Archie a morning bottle and get ready for work because I've gone to the gym. But it's important to me, so it's important to Sam, so we make it work. But the early mornings were a killer to start with. You just get into a routine, I just go to bed earlier. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, like what... Did you feel that getting up earlier became easier to do over time? Oh, 100%. I've always been a morning workout person. Anyway, I think actually you started me on that. You did my first session with me at six o'clock in the morning and I wanted to die. Oh, yeah, I remember I remember that first PT, we couldn't make our regular session and you were like, come at six o'clock in the morning and I wanted to kill you for an hour. Oh, but actually, so busy, you know, I just had all these PT <laughs> shots. I just you couldn't did. find time. You but did. I, did, I did find time for you. That is the main thing. Yeah. Oh. And getting into that habit, I now prefer it. I much prefer it. I yeah. find it sets me up great for the day and I feel like no matter what happens for the day, it's something that I've already ticked off my list. Yeah. Which is really important. I've already, before I've even got home to Archie and he needs a thousand things, I've already achieved something that's really important to me. And that is a fantastic feeling. Yeah. For me. It's like you're starting the day off like um, on a positive note. You've already accomplished yeah. something before the rest of the world has even got up. And so, you know, you can continue that sort of um, pattern throughout your day which is actually really a really good idea actually um yeah and what you spoke on before about you know having really good communication with your partner is absolutely key regardless of if there's a baby in this in the equation at all like if you're not communicating with your partner that's how you know arguments start and that's you know that's the start of a bad relationship if you don't have those communication skills if you're not willing to sort of give and take you know and also what you said before that about prioritizing you've you know you said you felt like you were at the bottom of the pile i think yeah. is absolutely normal if you ask me that that sort of behavior is completely understandable i'd probably be in the exact same um i'd think the exact same if that was me and you know that child is obviously the top of the list absolute top of the list and you're you feel that 
sound like I'm speaking from experience, but I imagine that you would put everything else before yourself just to make sure yeah. that, yeah, go on. It feels, it feels selfish to, if he just wants playing with, it feels selfish to ignore him so that I can eat a lunch. But it shouldn't be because he has everything he needs. He should wait while I look after me. And actually, I think eventually when I crack it, I'm getting better, but I'm not going to sit here and say that I've got everything sorted in my life because I don't. But I think when I do crack it, it's going to be an excellent life skill for him as well because he needs to learn patience. He's not going to be at the top all the time in everything in his life. And it is important that I look after myself and I'm sure when he's older, he'll appreciate that. Absolutely, 100%. 100%. And speaking of like, um, you know, being in, in a... Uh, having a partner, I, I did speak to uh, someone, not recently, probably about a month ago now, who is in a relationship with someone, has probably in the similar situation to you, about six or seven months since she's given birth. I won't use her name here. I don't think that's very fair, but I just wanted to sort of explain her situation. Um, They've moved away from her hometown, their hometown. So they haven't got their friends around them in their area. They haven't got their parents around them in their area. Um, They live like 30 minutes away from the closest gym. And uh, she doesn't work. He goes to work every day for the whole day obviously like a nine to five so obviously she's looking after the baby all day long and then when he comes home he sort of takes the baby and has that sort of play time with the baby then she goes off cooks dinner for all three and then after that they sort of lounge around for a little while and then it's like time for bed in my opinion i just don't know if that's very fair on the 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 woman in this situation I I don't know maybe that's just me but the main thing is that she was um talking to me trying to get advice for because she was finding it hard to get back into fitness and you know she was a regular gym goer before pregnancy and she felt herself getting bigger and bigger again and becoming you know exhausted at the smallest things and um I I came up with the advice of saying, you know what you need to do is sort of just set half an hour aside for yourself, almost like what you've done with the whole 5 a.m. in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning. I said, you know, in the evenings when your partner comes home, spend like half an hour, because they've got a cross trainer at home as well, by the way. I said, you've got a cross trainer. that I wish I had a cross trainer or a treadmill or something in my home. You've got a cross trainer, yeah. right? So you don't have to go anywhere. You have to go five steps to go and exercise in your house. I said, when your husband comes home or when your partner comes home or, you know, and there's that opportunity where you can sort of almost pass the child on for him to care for. Because that's surely that's only fair. She's been caring for him, caring for the baby all day. And it's like um, when he comes back, they should almost do like a trade and she can have time for herself and do something for herself and then 
go on to do something as a family or do you know what I mean or, or something like I just said do that about three three times a week if you can just so you have that feeling just take exercise aside and just have that time for yourself because I think it's very important to still have time to care for yourself for your mental health as well and I was just wondering what what would you say what advice would you give her you know in if you were in her position I perfectly understand what it's like when your partner comes home from work and takes the baby and you think, oh, good, finally I can do all of these things that I've been waiting all day to do. And again, you end up bottom. My advice would be something that I found that I love is get a slow cooker. Get that dinner on when you have a moment. If your baby goes down for a nap or if you have a high chair that they can sit in with a you know, a wafer or a Farley's rusk or something that's going to occupy them for 15 minutes. Get them sat in that high chair when they're happy at any point in the day. Get that dinner on so you know that you're not cooking it when they come home. Salads are also fantastic. So if you buy things like prawns that are just ready to go on a salad, prepare your salad at some point in the day and then you know again dinner is done. So that would be my top advice if what you're doing is waiting for your husband to come home or your partner to come home so that you can cook dinner would just be just be super super organized but I do I do know how difficult that is yeah another thing I would say is yeah if you've got something at home that you can use fantastic I bought some resistance bands on Amazon really big ones and they like go in your door frames and stuff and you can do all kinds of exercise with them they were fantastic and they just fold away into nothing again get those out at any opportunity another thing I would say that if your baby is six or seven months old, you're getting you're getting to that stage where they are old enough to entertain themselves for a little bit. So if you want to work out for an hour a day, break it down, if you can, into 15-minute chunks. That would be what, what I would do. Because a child's only going to entertain themselves for so long before they need you again. But yeah. you can you know sit them down with something and try and do something and then you can go back to them and then try and go back and do something else there will be a bit of backwards and forwards involved if you're doing it in your day go for walks the weather Mm. over in the uk is getting really nice there are lots of places where you can go for walks and i found that i can really get my heart rate going if i go to some of these parks they've got big hills and it's a great opportunity for me to be walking and talking to archer And again, like you said, just communication, communicate with your partner that actually you have this goal that you want. And actually, as much as he might love that one on one playtime, is there any chance that he could entertain little one and dish up dinner at the same time? Yeah. Multitask. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of links back to the whole having balance and the importance of having overall balance you know in all departments you know and not just how i understand completely that obviously in the first few years of having your child everything needs to be based around them certain things have to take a back seat some things aren't as as important we have to prioritize now um but also know that it is important to stay on top of your mental health and make like we've discussed you need to stay in communication with your partner uh, or other partners uh, parties around the family such as anybody who 
takes the baby, like babysitting and, and uh, family friends. I think it's important that everyone is sort of, uh, how do I say this, sort of included in everything. And because uh, the, basically you don't want to sort of encourage a fallout or an argument. And that's the, th- the other thing as well I forgot to mention is that this person I was talking about did sort of have a lot of sort of arguments and things just the tiniest things would just everything would just kick off and again could link back to lack of communication and this is why i think it's really important to have that balance to make sure that the father figure or the father in the situation does sort of take on that parent role as well as the mother that makes sense yeah i think both parties have to feel valued so the father has to feel valued because they're going to work and earning a wage and you don't want to take away from that. He might have had a really hard day at work and, you know, that is important. But as a mother, you also need to feel valued. You know, you're not you're not on holiday. You're not kicking about the house, not doing anything. You're mm. trying to juggle doing five different things at once and some days you can't even put your baby down for two minutes to brush your teeth without them screaming at you. That's just the way that babies are and I've had days where I've been waiting for Sam to come home so I can have a shower like it's been like that but both of you need to feel valued and that's why I always make a point of when Sam comes home from work me the first thing I say to him was how is your day at work because he needs to feel that what he's doing brings value to the relationship and yes he feels that what I do brings value to the relationship and we're a team I think it's that that team spirit you know we are in this together we've made this decision we're going through life. We're going to tackle everything as a partnership. And that's 100%. really important for us. Yeah. But I also know that we're fortunate that we get a good night's sleep and not all new parents get that. And if you're tired, obviously you're going to be cranky yeah. and obviously you're going to pick fights with one another. Yeah, I so, 100% get that. <laughs> yeah, so... It will get easier. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Think. With time, obviously, when, when the child grows up and, you know... <laughs> can begin to talk and obviously grow up and you know gets to the point where they're off to school and then you have even more time that's why you see a lot of um sort of parents at gyms doing classes that's why they have certain classes at like half nine because they've just done the school run and then you can you know there's things to look forward to you can be put yourself in that crowd if you want and know that that is a possibility um to sort of continue with your fitness um obviously it just takes time and patience like we've said and the main main thing if we can get anything across is to have that communication with yeah. your partner just like i said uh, regardless if they if there's a baby in the equation or not you know you need to have communication and not to just lose it you know have you have you sort of seen any um differences with your stress levels or anything like that is there anything that you thought why am i why am i talking to him like this or or why why is this making me so angry oh yeah all the time and particularly in the early days when i was hormonal as well and the thing is i'm i'm quite self-aware so i will be having a go at sam and the whole time i'm doing it i'm thinking you're being a dick stop it yeah. stop it and I can't and then I have to let it all go fortunately Sam is probably the most patient man that God ever put on this planet he just wanders through life going oh, okay oh, okay like that is just who Sam is so he'll stand there 
and he'll take it and he'll just go, okay, no worries. Come back to me when you're, when you're feeling better. Wow. And I just storm off and get all slammy. And then I have to go back like five minutes later, like, oh my God, I was a dick. And he just goes, right, I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Wow. <laughs> but I... I, I felt my, my stress levels rise. I mean, we, we moved house in the September. Archie was born in the December. We got married in the June. I seemed to just do every stressful part of life all within sort of the same time. So I was trying to move and plan a wedding and, and all of this, that and the other. And I was really stressed. And, and, I, and I knew that on days I was unbearable to be around. But I'm also not too proud I can go back to Sam and say that was really out of order what I've just said to you and I don't mean it and I'm really sorry yeah and I know that he'll just go okay and then we never mention it again I think that's a big part of our relationship is that once a fight is over it's over I won't be bringing up things that he did a week ago and neither will he. If we say we're over it, we're over it, it's done, it's dead. We never talk about it ever again. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's important, especially when you're fighting over stupid little things because you're just tired and stressed. Like once it's done, you need to just, you can't be holding grudges with each other. This has become like a relationship seminar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I think it's just about being self-aware, isn't it, as well? Like you mentioned, that's a really important thing to have is self-awareness like note to yourself or notice when you are being a dick in a situation or know when you're wrong in a situation and just owning up to stuff and communicating with your partner that and yeah i guess it has become like a relationship sort of like advice like a agony aunt almost (laughs) and our next caller <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, this is. Uh, I think. Hopefully, people are getting something out of this. That this. Hopefully, this is bringing some sort of value to to any single mums or any new time mums or any any parents at all. Hopefully, this is uh, becoming adding adding value to your life, and hopefully, you're getting something out of this. Um, a few things I wanted to. Sorry. Go on. No, I was just going to say as well, just to go back to. Um the the lady who's who's struggling to fit fitness in and everything perhaps an option would be just to see if any of your local gyms um have a crash that mm. would just be something that i would be exploring and if you are planning on staying at home i know that it is scary to leave your child with someone else even if it's just for an hour and a half but i would say that if you can make that jump and you can leave them with somebody else while you work out it it will do wonders for their independence and for your mental health so that's something that that I certainly looked into and I've you know even paid a local babysitter to have him for a couple of hours while I go to the gym when there was no other option I definitely wanted to get three workouts in in that week Mm. so just explore your options but I understand that every mum feels differently about leaving their child and I don't want to sound pushy and if you're not comfortable leaving them with somebody else then obviously that's your choice but you know it might be something that you might like to explore yeah I was gonna say that must be you know like you say a lot of people are different I imagine for some new mums you all of a sudden have this sudden protective um feeling towards your child and some some of you might not it might not have affected you that much but i imagine that would be a massive factor as well in the whole 
just leaving leaving your child with someone else and you know you've had this child with you for nine months already and then it's like you just you're with that child for all day long 24 7 basically and then all of a sudden just handing it over to some like either a stranger or someone you, you do know and trust i just imagine regardless that could be very hard to do so just know that that is okay to be feeling like that um but you also just have to have that that trust that everything's going to be fine you're just going to go and do your thing that's important for you to do and then you can come back to this lifestyle if that makes sense particularly if you're looking at a crash you know there are organizations out there that have to monitor crashes and things like that and you can do a little google and see what people say and make sure that you know you're happy and if you want to go in and ask you know are all the staff dbs checked so they are all perfectly legal are any of them qualified in childcare? do they have pediatric first aid don't be afraid to go in and ask those questions if it makes you feel better oh 100 percent hundred percent you know i wouldn't have that any other way um okay so what uh i was also going to say is um have you sort of experienced anything that was unexpected obviously like before you were um before you had archer you must have taken like classes and things like that to sort of you know where you're sat around other expecting parents and things like that and you must have gone through classes and read read loads of books learned loads of things but in your experiences has there been anything that was unexpected along the journey along the way like something like oh i didn't expect us to have to do this or i didn't expect to be feeling like this um okay so the pregnancy itself was unexpected um (laughs) we (laughs) we discussed that we wanted children um but obviously with my pcos the doctor said that it would either take a while or might not even be an option for us um pcos is like the leading cause of infertility in young women so i was aware of that we decided that we would try but i don't think that I held out much hope following that conversation with the doctor and we fell pregnant within two weeks. So that was one hell of a shock for us. That's that's the thing. So Sorry getting... to just butt in, but that no, no. for anybody who's not listening, PCOS is um, polycystic ovary syndrome, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's the, you, you're told that you, it's a struggle to have children. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, so the doctor was very blunt, you know, he said that it, it you should come to terms with the fact that it might not be an option for you, yeah. I think, were the words that he used. Yeah, so if there's anybody out there that are wondering, like, what PCOS is, yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's um, is it cysts on, is it? Yeah, yeah, essentially, um, it's, it, it comes down to, you know, um, cysts in the ovaries causing a big hormone imbalance yes it could affect different women differently so for me um, I've always really struggled to lose weight I gain weight very very easily and to lose it I really have to put in a really hard slog and stay in a deficit constantly yeah so it's very difficult because I always feel like people look at me and think oh, she's, you know, bigger than she should be. She must eat cake all the time. And it's and it's not like that. My partner and I have the exact same diet and we look totally different. 
totally different. I think in our relationship, I got perhaps a bit lapse on the deficit and I have gained, we've eaten the exact same thing to give you some context in the, in the three years we've been together. I gained somewhere in the region of 35 to 40 kilos he gained six kilos yeah like that i think puts it into yeah it's it was nuts which is why i was then dead set on getting healthy again before i was getting pregnant and staying healthy and um you know excess hair and things like that they're all just really horrible side effects but the big thing for us was that i might not be able to get pregnant and I have been able to, and now that I've done it once, I I quite like our odds of being able to do it again. Yeah. So that's a load off my mind. Um, so yeah, to get back to the question, the pregnancy was obviously unexpected. There are a lot of gruesome details in those parent classes that you do not see. Really? In TV programmes. And oh my God, I was so frightened. I was going to poo myself in labour that I just almost didn't want to go into labour because it's a real thing that happens I, that I, nobody talks about. I was going to say, I, I've heard that somewhere, but, you know, obviously I'm a bit uneducated uh, in the whole thing because yeah. that hasn't happened for it's me. It's a real thing. <laughs> but um, it's, a, it's a real thing. The labour was, like I said, obviously really unexpected from start to finish. We, I'd gone to my midwife appointment and mentioned that I hadn't felt him move so much she sent us straight over to princess sam where they hooked me up and said you know what we're just going to induce you said 10 o'clock in the evening they told me 10 o'clock the next morning i was going to be induced and then it took a couple of days of really strong contractions and they had to they couldn't monitor him properly so they had to put a clip on the top of his head while he was still in me so you can imagine what that was like uh because I had an epidural, I had to have a catheter fitted. I couldn't move. I couldn't walk around anywhere. Um, obviously, when the epidural kicked in, you're numb anyway, so you obviously can't. And then following the C-section, um, the the weakness in my stomach, I wasn't prepared for at all. I couldn't even get myself up off a bed. There was no core strength in there whatsoever. Because obviously, I just sliced right through your muscle. That's it's just slice right through it. I was sorry. I was gonna say. I was gonna ask about that as well, and sort of say that it's not just like when you are pregnant. There's not. It's not just when you're pregnant you can't do core core stuff like sit ups and crunches and leg raises and all that. That it's it's post natal as well. It's like, do you know how many weeks it is until you're allowed to do sort of like stomach exercises again? Um, I don't know if if you have like a, a normal birth uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't know but I know that I wasn't allowed to exercise at all until I'd been for my six week checkup so it's six weeks after giving birth then they were like okay well you know what you can go out for some walks now like it yeah. was like it was like that it was that level yeah. of rest yeah I think so it's and even now I don't have the same core strength that I have before not even close not even close yeah i imagine that's the that would be the case as well because obviously you've got to think about all the changes that your body's gone through since and it's yeah that's crazy isn't it but you know never and it's say really never. difficult to not be able to yeah 
Exactly. But it's really difficult not to be able to do core exercises because the part of my body I hate the most now is the little mum-tum bit right. that sits right at the bottom. It's a little bit of weight that I am really struggling to, to shift just that little bit there. I just can't seem to get the shape back in there. Yeah. Um, and I know, I know that it's early doors and obviously continuing to be in a deficit, you'll lose fat from everywhere and your body will just sort it out and it, it becomes about motivation and patience. Yeah, I think, but yeah, you're right there. That's been really difficult. It is something to do with, yeah, it's a lot to do with um, patience, uh, being staying motivated and staying on top of diet. As we all know, you know, abs are made in the kitchen and all that shit, but... <laughs> you know, you, uh, there's, honestly, there's certain people that I know that have never done any sort of abdominal workouts, any abdominal exercises, and they still have like a, a fully pronounced six pack. And it's just like the yeah. mind from from, you know, like your youth, you just you think that to get six packs, you need to do sit ups and all this. It's actually not the case. It's a case of that we all have layers of fat above our abdomen. Now, we just need to... Everybody's got abs. We just need to, you know, chip away at the fat on top of the abdominals for them to be revealed, if that makes sense. By doing crunches yeah. and... Lun uh, not lunges. Leg raises and things like that. It's only going to make those muscles bigger. So let's let's take a, a random person as an example. Let's say that they um, don't have their abs showing. Let's say they're, they're quite big. To in, for in order to them to see their abdominals, they need to have the correct diet and to burn more calories than what they take in. They don't need to do crunches and stuff like that because if they just if they just did crunches or setups and stuff, and they didn't have a good diet and they didn't you know burn more calories than what they they're taking in, all that would happen is that their stomach would look like it's getting bigger because the muscles underneath are getting bigger. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Trying to just picture it like a potato shape in my head at the moment. <laughs> it's really strange. Oh, okay, so was there anything else that sort of like were, was unexpected apart from the birth and, and, and conception and stuff like that? Was anything, like any experiences afterwards when you're becoming this new sort of mother, you're experiencing motherhood? Is there anything that, that was sort of like, oh, didn't expect that? My... The amount of strength lost was something I really struggled to come to terms with. And I was really surprised at how awfully weak I was when I went back to the gym and how quickly I felt out of breath. I felt like I was starting from scratch. And it was actually really demotivating for the first couple of weeks. It, was, it would have been really easy to go, I've lost all my strength. I don't want to play this game anymore. I quit. That would have been really easy. The only other things that really I've been surprised with have been how lucky I am that Archie's slept so well mm. and that Sam's been so supportive. I, I'm an incredibly lucky case, I think. Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, it, it does sound like you've got a really, really good support system, which, like we've discussed, is really important to have. Um, and you, you're lucky that your child goes to sleep at night time. Um, and yeah. obviously a lot of people aren't in that situation. A lot of people might be a single parent, mum or, or father. Um, and they might not have that almost like, it's almost like a luxury, isn't it? Having your child go to sleep 
at bedtime and stay asleep. So some people might not be in that situation. Um, it, it can be very difficult, this whole situation, but know that it's not forever. It's, it is temporary at this time and they will grow up and, and you can begin to get on with your life again, like properly. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, what, what kind of advice would you give to someone who is for one one bit of advice to someone who is pregnant and then a bit of advice for someone who has a young child and wants to stay fit so like there's two different sets of advice here yeah yeah that's that's fine so i would say if you are pregnant know that you can still exercise and that actually it is doing you and your baby good it's good for your mental health it's good for your fitness levels it's good for your strength studies have shown that fitter women deal better with labor because labor is basically like muscles contracting and and your body working and if your body is used to working it will cope better with labor so that really that really helped me as well and know that your workouts might not feel the same as they did before. You might feel, oh my goodness, I've only walked for 30 minutes on the treadmill at no incline and I feel like I'm, you know, really out of breath. Don't don't feel like that's rubbish. Feel, you should feel like you've really achieved something. If that is what you have done, know that there are several pregnant women around the world who are still, you know, following the myth of eating for two and having Snickers for oh, breakfast. Oh, God, and... yeah. What the hell? I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> eating for two. And... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So know that if you have done anything, anything in terms of exercise, you've achieved and you should feel really proud of that and not to get demotivated because your body is different. Remember that it is doing the most amazing thing and you need to give yourself a break oh absolutely you also need to look after yourself yeah treat every sort of gym session or every every bit of exercise even if you exercise at home even if you if you used to be this gym going freak like and now you can only you're only um able to exercise at home that's still okay and you should treat every little bit of exercise and everything as a victory right and that's gonna keep you positive (sighs) yeah definitely if you've walked to the shops instead of driven you've won the day yeah that is incredible and maybe don't look for the closest car parking space to the front door maybe park at the back of the car park and those few extra minutes backwards and forwards will really help and also remember that if you are pregnant and you are desperately trying to get yourself into labor go for a walk because it has proven really? it can induce yeah the the hips moving backwards and forwards um pushes the moves the baby's head down so what you're waiting for to start labor is for the baby's head to touch i can't remember what it is but it's trying to it, it, when the baby's head touches something in your pelvis mm. that is what releases the hormones because the baby's low enough and if you can move your hips backwards and forwards apparently this is what a midwife told me but moving your hips backwards and forwards like wiggles the baby's head down a little bit and that's why they say that walking could bring on labor well there you go ladies and gentlemen well ladies <laughs> <laughs> is, is, if you want to learn how to give birth just go for a walk yeah just uh <laughs> easy as that. yeah um, well i won't say it's easy as that because no. i didn't manage it so <laughs> Okay, what about, um, we touched on already about the, the, 
the uh, person I was speaking to who you know is at home with a child who's about six months pre- uh, six months now and um, she's at home all day well pretty much all day until the, the the dad comes home from work and of course when you come home from work the last not the last thing but you're a little less motivated to be like right I'm gonna now do everything I'm gonna do the housework and I'm gonna do this and mm-hmm. so I kind of gave my bit of advice earlier for if you are out there and you want to get back into fitness, my advice would be to sort of, you know, first of all, find some sort of time just for yourself, um, whether that's giving your child over to your partner or, you know, organising some babysitting and stuff like that. But if, what would you sort of say? What any advice that you would give to someone who is in your position right now? I think the biggest piece of advice that I could give was don't be afraid to be a little bit selfish. You need to put yourself first a little bit. And if it's for an hour a day, and if if you are prepared to be that little bit selfish, you will work it out. You and your partner will work out a way where you can. Everybody's daily routines are different. Uh, or babies' routines are different. And... If your baby goes to sleep in a cot or in a pushchair or something and you know they're going to sleep for the next sort of 45 minutes, rather than spending that time making dinner or hoovering or cleaning, spend that time on you. And yes, your partner might not come home to a sparkly clean house, but you need to be selfish. And again, you might find that you can go... And your partner can perhaps juggle getting up and ready for work and giving baby a bottle. That's entirely fine. I'm sure you are multitasking all day, every day. I'm sure they can manage to do a couple of things at once. Again, it's just about being a little bit selfish and know that that's okay. And you're still a person. You are more than mum. You are more than somebody's partner. You are you with your wants and your needs. And it's important to look after your physical health and your mental health. Well, there you go. That is some powerful, powerful stuff right there. <sighs> Did you? Is there anything you wanted to sort of add to this whole discussion? No, I feel good. I feel like we've covered a lot. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot. Yeah, I think so too. I think, you know, if, if there's anybody out there who is still in that position where they are struggling with everyday things if you want to get in touch you absolutely can just go to the vikingpt.com forward slash podcast send in your message and hopefully we can get discussion going and see if we can help your you in any way um, i think it's important to have a really good support system and just knowing that there is someone out there either going through the same thing as you or just someone out there that can listen to you will help you and be of benefit to you um yeah i don't think there's anything else to discuss at the moment obviously if anything does come up we can discuss it in a, a later podcast um i think that about wraps it yeah, up yeah definitely if anyone sends you any questions or anything that they want forwarded on to me then that's absolutely fine i'm more than happy to reply to people as well that's very kind of you i appreciate that and yeah like i said at the beginning there's a lot of pe- lot of people out there listening to this podcast now there are young mums or not necessarily young mums but first time mums that are going through this whole new journey of oh my god like I can't do this anymore or oh my god this and everything I can understand can be a bit overwhelming 
you are in the position, you're in the right position right now, if that makes sense. So whatever you're going through, this is what you're supposed to go through in order to get to where you should, uh, you want to, if that makes any sense at all. Kind of. Um, so yeah, you're not alone and please do get in touch if you need help. Yeah. Cool. I think that about wraps it up. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, for more, just don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, whether you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, or Apple Podcasts. I don't know what other platforms there are for podcasts. Google Podcasts. There's surely a subscription button somewhere. Click it, and you'll be notified when other episodes come out. Oh, I forgot to say as well... Um, this is completely unrelated to what we've been talking about. Okay. Have you used the, the face app thing? Um, yeah, so my husband downloaded it. And we had a little go um, turning our seven-month-old into an old man. It was oh absolutely terrifying. Whoa. Um, but then apparently there was like this article that the Russians were stealing all of our data or oh something. God. And Sam got terrified and deleted it. Really? <laughs> He's so paranoid. Oh, see, I knew there'd be some sort of conspiracy theory to come out from this. Oh, every time, every time. But yeah, it was good fun while we were doing it. Sam obviously turned himself into a woman was one of the first things he did. And he was like, I'm fit. Like, (laughs) I would. (laughs) Yeah, it's really, it's really, well, I guess it can be scary. It's really like, it, it kind of took me back when I... Because obviously we have Snapchat filters where it kind of makes you look yeah. a bit old and it's like, oh, yeah, that's funny, but it's not... It doesn't look realistic. This app actually does... Looks realistic. It looks great. It looks, like, crazy. And it's weird because I've been watching... I don't know why I do this, but I watch a lot of, like, CGI behind-the-scenes stuff on YouTube. Okay. Like, um, I like to see behind-the-scenes of, like, how... The Hobbit was filmed in Lord of the Rings. You know how they have like Gollum and they have yeah. all the these, you know, the suits and all the green screen stuff. I love watching all that. Yeah. And um, there was this this YouTube channel and they were showing and, and um, they were just sort of dem- uh, describing how the whole face app, whatever it's called, face swap face app, how it works. And it's basically like um, it takes a picture of your face. It notes where the eyes are where the nose is where the mouth is where the ears are when your hair is and your face and that and then it just it scans through thousands and thousands of images of old people and like what they would look like and they kind of put it on your face (laughs) it's really strange it really is and um it's weird they cut off the if you were to take a photo of someone that's topless it would cut off just underneath the neck which again i think is really re- really weird like have you noticed that on the yeah. on the app that you take a photo and the arms and the hands don't change really yeah it's like just the face and it's uh it's a lot to do with face what's it called it's like face dopping or face drop dapping I can't remember the name of Dapping. it. Yeah, I can't remember. It's, a, it's an actual um, thing. It's it's used. This technology is used in a lot of films, especially um, films where they need to put someone. Okay, a really good example is. Uh, do you remember Fast and Furious? Where? 
Do you watch Fast and I Furious? I have to say, I've never seen. I've never seen them. They don't interest me oh at all. Oh my god! I know oh of god. them though. Okay, well, anybody out there, you might have heard or seen Fast and Furious, but do you, okay? Do you know Paul Walker? Yes. So he died, right? God rest yeah. his soul. <laughs> In a car that. accident. Yeah. But it was like pretty much near the end of filming one of their films, and he was still had some scenes to do. Did you know this? No. Okay, so in the film, one of Paul Walker's last films with Fast and Furious, he still had to do a few scenes like of him in a car and a few other scenes with him and his baby. Very on brand, very on topic. <laughs> but um, he, the, what, obviously he passed away, so they cu- he couldn't be used in any scenes. So what they did was they got his brothers, who looked very similar to him, they got his brothers to do all the acting for the the last scenes of the film. And they basically used this technology, very, very similar to what you, this new app has come out with, this face app thing. They used the same technology to morph Paul Walker's face on his brother's face to finish the film. And wow. that's why if you ever look at the film and the last scenes, it does look a bit eerie. It doesn't look real at all, really. Like, in my opinion, it doesn't look right. But... Uh, Is that because you know? Yeah, yeah. being a fan and being... You know, anybody out there who's a fan of Fast and Furious or Paul Walker, you'll know that it's not him. But at the same time, it's, it's, it is kind of done well, but it's like, deep down, you know that's not him. It's really weird. There's been a lot of this with um, Star Wars, hasn't really? there? Cause... Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah so... Go on. Because in the... Is it The Force Awakens where... She goes to this little island and Luke's there and the island's covered in these weird little alien bird things. And apparently those birds are there because on the island they were filming, it was actually covered in real birds. And it was more effort for the CGI team to CGI out the birds that were there while they were filming than to actually just turn them into something else and make it part of the story. Wow. That's really... I'm, I know. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. It's just something that I've never really been into. I don't know why. I've just been into other things like Ace Ventura. But anyway, that's a different story altogether. <laughs> it's but, a different podcast. Yeah, we'll get to that another day. But it's weird because I, apparently um, there's there's been like Star Wars remakes or some scenes that have been re- remade. Do you, you watch Star Wars and stuff? Yeah. Apparently, there's like they've redone some scenes that have happened when the actors were alive. So, like, there's a scene where Princess Leia was did this a scene of her walking and smiling or something, and then they've had to use this technology that we see today to put her face on someone who looks like her and do the whole scene again. And if you do look, I, I don't know what film it is in. Like I said, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan. But if you do watch any of these scenes where they've remade the scene, you you have to know that that's not actually the actor. And uh, it's really, really strange. What other films has there been when the they've the actor's obviously clearly not there because they've passed on, but they've used CGI? I can't, oh, I can't remember. There's probably loads, like loads. Yeah. Like, we just don't even know. One of the most um, obvious... In, in my opinion cgi fails is uh i think it's scorpion king or return of the mummy or something like that have you seen it when the rock is like half I scorpion mean, 
and half man. <laughs> a lot of those are really bad. And I mean, you could cross over into like Sharknado and Lava Antula. Have you seen any of those? Shark- Have you not seen Lava Antula? Lava Antula. Lava Antula. So it's a tarantula who like spits out lava. Like no. these really budget what? films where the CGI is just so awful. There's one as well where like the animal, the main animal in it is like half shark, half wolf or something nuts. And the <sighs> CGI is so bad. Have you never heard of Sharknado? No, never heard of it. Never heard of it. Never heard of Sharknado. No. I thought everyone had heard of Sharknado. Oh, have a little look up on YouTube and see how you feel about the CGI in Sharknado. Okay. Yeah. Then send me a message. I definitely okay, so you have to go and look at Scorpion King or just put CGI okay. fail. <laughs> I'm sure okay. his face will just <laughs> pop up and look at how wrong it is. Like there's a part where obviously the rock it's supposed to be the rock, but it's not. It's just CGI. Half of one half of his face is smiling and the other half of his face is frowning. It's really bizarre and it just nothing looks right like lighting doesn't look right the sweat his his skin looks like matte it's really strange oh no really strange what else was i gonna say about cgi i don't even know how we got onto it but um oh we're talking about the the face swapping face app thing weren't we yeah <sighs> but yeah i think i tell you what i think cgi is because obviously us as humans are now more and more aware of cgi when we watch films things aren't as shocking anymore things aren't we can just look at it and go well that's obviously fake yeah that's obviously not real you know and it's if you go back in time like 20 years ago with films like jurassic park obviously that's cgi jaws yeah that well that jaws is real that was a mechanical yeah that's that was a mechanical thing and in my opinion yeah, things like Jaws, Jurassic Park had certain scenes where they used a mechanical velociraptor thing. And I think those are more terrifying than the CGI films we see today. Because <sighs> there's other factors as well. Like you have to look at the actors that all. It's in the Game of Thrones as well. You know, when like Daenerys has only got like a green pole and a, a green ball. Have you seen the making of it? Yeah. And she has yeah. to interact with this green pipe and a ball on the end and it has to pretend that that's a dragon it's just like if that was a mechanical dragon and you know the size it was i'm sure we might get a different performance from the actor i don't know not to take away from amelia clark's performance in game of thrones though because it was it was pretty good in my opinion yeah like the whole of game of thrones was yeah just incredible this is the this is turning into another podcast at this point, but like we have to discuss it now. We have to. What? Okay. <laughs> what is? Give me your opinion on the Game of Thrones, like the final few episodes. What are your opinions? I feel like Game of Thrones was so huge and so good and so successful that I don't think there was a good way to end it. I don't think anybody would have been happy with any ending. If I'm being honest, I, I felt like, I mean, spoiler alert as well. I feel like oh, I yeah. should say like if, if we're anybody... going to talk about the ending. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler oh my god! Alert. I nearly just like blurted a load of stuff out there. Like massive spoiler alert! If you've not seen the last series of Game of Thrones, the end of this podcast is not for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like Daenerys needed to die. That needed mm. to happen but i really wanted jamie to be the one to do it i don't know how i felt about them being like 
they were like crushed under all of those bricks. And then just behind them, there was yes. a big space where no bricks had fallen. And it was like, oh, oh yeah. so the main characters would have survived if they'd have taken like five steps backwards. 100%. Like if Jamie had just been like, come here a second, love, because I think this bit of ceiling's <laughs> going to fall down. If we if we stand over here, my babes, I think we might survive. That like that kind of, that annoyed me. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that anybody, you can't please everybody. And it was what it was, wasn't it? And if you yeah. look at the the series as a whole, like all eight seasons, I still think it was one of the best things that's ever been on telly. Oh yeah, 100%. Game of Thrones, you know, looks like a film, doesn't it? When you're watching it, it doesn't feel like a series. It feels like you're watching a full-length film. It's up there with like Lord of the Rings uh, and God, I can't think, you know, all these feature films that take, uh, that have such a humongous budget, you know, but I don't know for me, obviously I, anybody out there that doesn't know that it's now local knowledge that the, that there was two guys, weren't there, that, that produced this, the show Game of Thrones and these two guys were offered um, jobs in to work on a Star Wars film, wasn't it? Star Wars. Oh, did you did you know this? No. Okay, so rumor has it. <laughs> no, it's basically what happened was the two guys that produced the the Game of Thrones franchise, they were offered roles to direct the Star Wars. I think I'm pretty sure it was Star Wars. And obviously they still had to film Game of Thrones and they still had to finish the series. And um, they were working alongside the writer of Game of Thrones, which I can't remember what his name is. It's something like JJR or JRR, TRR, something. I can't remember his name. The guy who the guy who wrote the book, yes. The Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, I don't remember his name either. I sounded like I did, but I don't. <laughs> Well, anyway, these two guys got offered the, this role, these new jobs in Star Wars when they finished with Game of Thrones. So what they did, what the, it feels like, that they've rushed a lot of things in the final series just so that they can quickly go over and start working on Star Wars. And because they felt that they were sort of done with Game of Thrones and they just wanted to quickly hurry up and uh, get it over and done with. And the, there's an interview with the, the writer of Game of Thrones, the writer of the books, the author... And the the author said that there was still loads of stories left to tell, apparently. He said that he offered, or he, he mentioned to the two guys that produced it, he said, did you know we could still go on for another three or four series after this one? And they just apparently wanted to end it there and then. Did you not know that? I didn't know that. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah, he, he said there was still enough uh, content to to carry on another few series. What about this, like, prequel that they're doing? Aren't they, like, following the story of the Night King in a different I heard that as well, yeah. Series. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a prequel. Um, I'm not sure if any of the original cast are going to be in there at all. I think it's going to be, like, a completely different cast with, like, new actors. I think it's about telling the story with... um, the, Is it the Targaryens? Like, the whole thing of... Oh god, I can't remember. It's been so long. It feels like it's been ages. I thought it was about the the children of the forest and I, how the, they turned the Night King into because that was obviously because the children of the forest were having a war 
already, weren't they? That's why they made the Night King to protect them, and it all just like massively backfired. I don't, I don't know. All I know is that there's definitely, definitely going to be a prequel. But speaking of like the Night King, this is the guy that's like all blue and icy, and that guy, right? Yeah. Right. I feel. I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel that throughout the whole story every season it was based around oh winter's coming winter's coming this huge army this guy he's coming the world's gonna end and then when he does arrive i feel that that was just over like do you know what i mean the whole yeah. story was just yeah over. it was that battle probably could have could have been longer but then would i have wanted it to have been longer i don't i don't know mm. i don't know there was a lot of but, characters killed off, weren't there? Yeah, just like bam, bam, bam as yeah. well. Like, did you see Germanmont and Theon? They just yeah. That, what's that guy um, who was the Whisperer or the the Whispers or something? What's that guy's name? You know the oh god, the bald guy. He doesn't um, have a penis, does he? The guy with a V. I can't remember. <laughs> or is it testicles? I, I I don't know. It's it's one or the other. It. Definitely began. I'm sure it began with a V. Val- yeah. V- Various. Yeah, Various. I'm pretty sure it's very. Anyway, him. It's something like that. Did you see, because obviously um, in Game of Thrones, all of the cast have to sit around a huge table and read through the screenplay, the script, before they actually act it out. Did you see any of that? Yeah, was that like when his character died and he like closed the script yes. and like threw it on the table and he was like, "Well, I'm I'm done. Yeah. Thanks, guys." Yeah. Like he looked really like yes. missed. Yes. So they all sat around the table reading the script, and the guy that we're talking about sees that he dies. Someone's narrating the whole thing, closes the script, and just pushes his chair away and just sits back and just crosses his arms. I think it's Cersei who sat next to him and she puts like her hand on his shoulder and just be like I'm so sorry and he was you could tell he was fucking pissed absolutely pissed oh game of thrones he didn't look chuffed that's probably a different podcast like we have been chatting now for I'm so sorry a while (laughs) (laughs) it's not it's not problem for me (laughs) did you see the um did you get the whole meaning with when obviously uh what's his name oh what's the fucking name what's that guy's name Stark. Oh, what's his name? He's he's uh the guy. What's his name? The the wolf what guy. guy. The guy. The 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 guy that's like the hero. What's his name? I don't know why I can't think. John Snow. Are you thinking of John, John Snow? Yeah, John Snow. Like okay, <laughs> the bit when he obviously stabs uh, Daenerys. Yeah. Did you get the whole thing where the dragon came along and didn't kill John, but he it killed it it. It uh, like flamethrowered the throne. Yeah. Yeah, that was. I thought that was a very good bit of writing, if you ask me. Like the whole thing of like the yeah. the throne killed her. It wasn't John. Obviously, he killed her, but it wasn't due to her. It, it was due because she she wanted power and all this, that, and the other. I just thought that was really good. Whether or not the dragon. Because there was always that chat about whether or not the dragons knew that John was a true Targaryen. Oh, and that's yeah, why that's they right. like didn't eat him and shit. Yes. So whether or not the dragon knew that as well and was just like, oh, yeah, you know what, mate. I just I'm just gonna throw my tantrum over here. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I just think the whole last episode just it just wasn't 
I don't know. For me, it didn't sit very well because at one point you've got, um, what's his name? I keep forgetting their names because it's been a, a while since I watched it. Little little guy, what's his name? Tyrion. Tyrion, yeah, it's my favourite character. Tyrion is... Yeah, right? He's, Watch out. he's in chains with uh, the Unsullied guy. He's in chains and he's like a prisoner and yet he's he's like told not to speak don't speak if you speak you'll die and then all of a sudden there he sat in front he stood in front of uh, everyone important you know where you see the buxton water behind uh, yeah. sam's foot <laughs> um do you actually i didn't hear about that i heard about the starbucks cup yeah. i didn't hear about the water <laughs> yeah i there's so much on that we could speak about like conspiracy theories but um yeah like it's weird for me because like he was told, you know, don't speak. And then all of a sudden he's making the biggest decision in the world to decide who gets to be king next. I don't know. Yeah. It just didn't seem right. And then all of a sudden Bran is king. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then Jon Snow's like, yeah, fuck off. You can go back to the wall. You can not have relations with any women. Don't have any children. Stay up there and rot. I'm just like... Uh, it was the Night's Watch, isn't it, that he goes? I'm just yeah. like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I swear there's lo- there's loads of other things that we've left out that that, that, that were just um, stories that got built up and then didn't get spoken about at all. Like, Oh, like, what was the Night King doing with those babies? Right, and how, how did, uh, what's his name, Bran get to fly and stuff? And why, he, there's a point with uh he needs a whisperer or something doesn't he when the last scene when they're around that table and yeah uh, you need a master of whispers yeah and it's like well why does he need a master of whispers if he can if he's all seeing all knowing and all that it just doesn't make sense (laughs) that's such a good point do you know what i mean (laughs) that is such a good point no it's weird like uh, the last thing i wanted to say was that um i didn't actually i didn't get into game of thrones for a while and uh, the re- I, it was probably like season three that I started watching it, like in timeline when season three was on TV. That was when I think I, I was later than that. Really? I yeah, I don't think I cottoned in until about season six, season seven. It's quite an interesting story. I was traveling with Chloe in Croatia at the time, and uh, we were in um, a town called Dubrovnik which is like a, you know, a yeah. really well-known place in Croatia. We were doing this island hop, um, holiday, whatever you want to call it, and we, would, we went to Havar, um, Miljet, and then the final destination was Dubrovnik. And when we were going around during the day, we were seeing all these things like Game of Thrones stores, Game of Thrones merchandise, Game of Thrones It's where tour. part of it was filmed, isn't, yeah. it? Can- isn't it King's Landing? Yeah, and so I was looking around, yeah. I was going... I was going this place is really like on it with Game of Thrones. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we're we're like, what the hell? Maybe we should start watching it because we're going past, and all there is is just like these tourist attractions. Game of Thrones is just everywhere, and uh, we were like, why don't we just sit down? We were in, went to the B and B Airbnb, and we were we sat down and we decided to watch Game of Thrones episode one to try and get into it. Anyway, we're watching it, and then what's the next one? And we were looking. And I was like, I swear we've seen that. <laughs> like we saw this scene, <laughs> a scene with King's Landing. And I was like, I swear we've seen that clock tower before. And we looked at, we literally yeah. paused the, vid, the, the, the video 
stuck our heads out the window because we were in Dubrovnik and uh, we were like, oh my God, there it is. So we were in the place where it was filmed, like where the walls are and we were just noticing all these scenes and scenery and we were like, oh my God, that's where that is. There's a lot of green screen stuff. There's loads of stuff that was added in post-production, but it was freaky. It was really freaky. That's so cool. Yeah. But anyway, I think I think that about wraps it up. We could talk for hours about <laughs> Game of Thrones and all this, that, and the other. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for being on today's show. I really appreciate it. And uh, for anyone out there listening, hopefully you've got something out of this as well. Like I said, please feel free to get in touch. Send an email or just go to the website. www. Who says that anymore, by the way? www. It's just a ah. mouthful of <laughs> just. Don't need to say it thevikingpt.com forward slash podcast send your message we'd love to hear from you hannah thanks any closing thoughts words be a little bit selfish it's good for you (laughs) brilliant love it all right we'll see you next week guys and uh yeah thanks again hannah and uh yeah see you again soon